0: This is Big Tasty Sports. Happy Thursday, everybody. It is a happy Thursday for me. I have a couple vacation days. So what else is there to do when you have a couple vacation days but dive deeper into NFL futures? This episode of the NFL Futures Show is actually where we are going to lay futures to rest in one sense, but keep them going in another. There's going to be a little bit of a pivot in how we approach these, and that's going to require a bit of a deeper dive. If you enjoy the numbers around betting and looking at different angles, I think that this is an episode that you're going to enjoy. Maybe something you haven't thought about before, or even if you've thought about it, maybe haven't had the time to put in the work to actually work through it. So I'll get into that in a minute. But before I do, as always, I want to recap last week's futures bets. I am going to probably in the next couple of days here, work on a write-up of all the futures bets I've placed this year, which I don't even remember how many it's up to, but, and kind of give a summary of how many have moved, you know, positively, how many have moved negatively, uh, kind of what's alive, what's not so I'll have that coming here at some point. But last week had four futures bets that I added to the portfolio. The first one was the New England Patriots under 8.5 wins at minus 115. That has moved to minus 175 is the best line that I could find this morning, so a pretty strong move in my direction on that one. The next two had very small moves that went both went in my direction, but they're, they're not big. They, they stayed pretty close to the same. The, the next one was Denver Broncos under four and a half wins. We're actually going to talk about them again today on this show. I got that at plus 155. It is now plus 140. And similarly, I took the Tampa Bay Buccaneers under eight and a half wins at plus 145. It is now plus 140. If only the Saints had been able to hold on, as they should have against what I believe to be a bad Tampa Bay team, that would have moved a lot more. So the good news is, if you have any interest in Tampa Bay under eight and a half wins, that's something that you could still go get at a decent price. The last one, which had a very small move away from me, again, if you look at the percentages basically staying the same, is the Jets to win the AFC which I took at plus 4,000 best price I can find now is plus 4,100 there was a plus 3,500 out there I saw too so pretty much stayed the same after that loss to the Vikings which we all know could have gone either way I will not go on my rant about the way that uh, people are looking at the Vikings right now and by that I don't mean that I think they deserve to be 10 and 2 but uh If you listen to the Wager Rager podcast, which will be out, I'm assuming, Thursday or Friday, you can hear what I'm talking about when we dive into the Vikings versus the Lions on that podcast. All right, we're going to dive into sort of this angle that I want to take on futures betting. Before I do, if you are watching this, it would be awesome if you could hit the like button. I wouldn't mind it. I wouldn't be mad at you. So do that. Leave a comment rate, review, subscribe, all these things would just make my vacation even better. With that said, let's jump into this angle on futures for the rest of the season. So big picture, before I get into specifics, the reason that there's a pivot here in terms of how we approach futures betting is that there are only five weeks left in the season. And that reduces the variance that can happen. Uh, Obviously, when you have 14 games left, There are 14 points that can go either way, and obviously the percentages on those you can work out, you know, based on what you think the lines would be. For instance, I'm going to be talking about the Kansas City Chiefs first. When they have 14 games left, there's a lot of games that could go either way, even if they're weighted one direction or the other. And so you have to factor all of that in, and you don't zero in as much on which specific games will go which specific way, at least not exactly. But now that we're getting down to five games left or for teams that have a buy, only four games left, I think there's some value in honing in on specific games rather than looking at um, at that overall like we have up until this point. And there's a lot that goes into this. So again, this one's probably going to be a little bit deeper than some of my other futures videos just because there's a lot of things that have to be considered I'm going to start with the easiest example, which is the Kansas City Chiefs, and then I'm going to move through. I think I have like seven or eight teams that I'm going to talk about where I like futures bets in a sense. It's just not the same type of futures bet as what I've played to this point in the season. And this one will take a little bit more following along. It'll take a little bit more commitment if you want to join me on this this journey over the last five weeks of the season. So let me share my screen here and let's talk about the Kansas City Chiefs. So as you can see here, this is the opponents that Kansas City has left. They are at Denver, at Houston, Seattle at home, Denver at home, and then they finish up at the Raiders. Their futures right now is, I don't I probably don't need to use my mouse to point to all of these things but I have these notes on the side and if you're listening to the podcast again I'm going to talk through all of this so hopefully it'll be uh, you know easy to understand even if you can't see the screen but if you want to see the screen jump on over to YouTube and watch the video there. So Kansas City over 13 and a half wins in the futures market is plus 170. Well, what happens if them them getting over 13 and a half wins requires them to run the table, which is why this is one of the easiest examples. There's no variance in terms of winning certain games, losing certain games. For this bet to hit, they have to win every single game. So what happens if you just parlay together uh, every game the rest of the way for them to win? Now, the trick with this is you may think that I'm terrible at setting lines because that's going to come into play here. We do know that this week they are minus 375 at Denver. That line we know. But what will they be next week at Houston? Well, we don't know for sure because that can move. What will they be against Seattle, Denver again at home, whatever. So, uh, what I have here, I will tell you so that if you think I'm way off, you could redo the calculations or leave me a comment. Tell me where you think I'm way off. And I'm happy to even refigure some of these things because the reality is unless you think I'm off by hundreds of points, the numbers aren't going to move enough to make this point any different. So I have at Denver minus 375 at Houston minus a thousand Seattle at home minus 210 Denver at home minus 425 and the Raiders at home minus 190. That game will be interesting depending on if the Raiders or Chiefs have anything to play for. So we know from the past what matters more is if people play their players or not, more than if they have something to play for. What I did is I said, Let's let's just take a one-unit investment on this. So a hundred dollars. If you put a hundred dollars on Kansas City this week, you profit 2667. All a parlay is, I'm sure you know this, is you take one bet and you roll it over into another one. And so I take the hundred and hundred dollars I invested initially plus the 2667 in profit and I invest that whole thing in the game against Houston. So 126.67 against Houston at minus 1,000 yields 12.67, not much of a return. In fact, on Kansas City, I will say if you're interested in placing this bet, you may even consider, well, no, let me, there's a couple variations. So let me finish first, and then I'll talk about the variations. This is what I like. It gives you some flexibility if you approach it this way. You take that $12.67, roll it into into the bet for the next week, $139.34, nets you $66.35 against Seattle, so on and so forth, all the way through all five games. And so if you lose, you've lost one unit. If you win, the total payout is $387.82. You take away your initial investment of $100, and you're left with a profit of $287.82, which is a line... Of about two plus 288. So this is where I'm saying I think the futures market is not working in our favor anymore because Kansas City to run the table in the futures market is plus 170. Kansas City to run the table one game at a time parlaying them I have it plus 288. Let's say you even think a couple of these lines are off that I have here you think they're better or they're worse Well, let's say even you move a couple of those lines a couple hundred points, you're still going to be well over 200, and so you're still going to get significantly more value betting these in a parlay one game at a time than you are taking Kansas City over 13 and a half in the futures market. The other thing that this allows you to do is, let's say, against Denver this week, I think Kansas City's up to nine and a half point favorites or something like that. Well, instead of taking Kansas City on the money line, you could take Kansas City minus two and a half. When they play Houston, they're going to be massive favorites. Instead of taking Kansas City, whatever they are, minus a thousand or even worse, you could take Kansas City minus two and a half or minus five and a half or something like that. It's still going to be a wide line, but it's going to be a better line that they're very likely to cover. And then you're increasing the odds on this bet even further. So instead of plus 288 maybe you end up at plus 350 or plus 375. If you want to get really crazy you could even bump some of those alternate lines up even higher though I wouldn't suggest it in this scenario because you need so many things to happen in sequence. The last thing I will say is in this example let's say that Kansas City gets through the next four weeks with four wins and now in week 18 they are hosting the Raiders and let's say that Kansas City is locked into whatever seed it is whether that's maybe the 1 or the 2 seed if they won all four of those games it's going to be the 1 or the 2 seed and they just decide hey especially if it's the 2 seed maybe we we don't have a bye coming up we want to rest people and so they don't play Mahomes they don't play some of their other uh, first string players and let's say especially the raiders have any shot of the playoffs at all and so they're playing everybody maybe you just sit that one out You take your profit after those four weeks and you just let week 18 pass you by, or you only invest part of your profit and keep some of it back. You know, you can hedge in these different ways. So this approach to the last five weeks, and as I walk through these teams, gives you a lot more flexibility. And I'm going to even be taking this a week at a time as I see lines come out and, you know, look at each different scenario. This is one team where I am going to be getting in on this process I think Kansas City is very good and I think they have an advantage in every game that they have left I think the Raiders would be their toughest game that they have left on the schedule Uh, Seattle could be a barn burner but I, I like them to beat Seattle especially because it's in Kansas City so hopefully that makes sense in terms of what we're looking at here basically taking a futures bet but not doubling the the line, but nearly doubling the line. So a lot more value. Because we have to say value in a betting podcast. It's mandatory. All right, let's walk through some other teams here. And I will not go into as much depth in every single one of these. Because hopefully now you get the basic structure of how this works. The next team up is the Houston Texans. Houston under one and a half wins is plus 160. And then um, that means and, – and, again, this is a simple one because it means that they would have to lose out the rest of the season. You can see here this one's crazy because at Dallas they're minus 1,600. You can see I flipped this or changed this line on Kansas City after thinking about it more. I had them at um, Kansas City at minus 525 in that game, but I moved it to minus 1,000 in that example on Kansas City. Who knows? Maybe it could be even worse. I I don't know how bad the lines will get on Houston. At Tennessee, Jacksonville at home, at Indianapolis. So this one, if you parlay all the lines I have together, which are minus 525 on Kansas City, which, as I already said, I think I would move, so this would change some. At Tennessee, minus 450. Jacksonville, minus 275. At Indianapolis, minus 250. That gets you plus 195, and the line right now on the futures bet is plus 160. So this one, I really don't see as much value, actually. I don't think there's any reason to bet them against Dallas this week. Again, that it's $6.25 profit on a $100 bet. That's that's just a ridiculous bet in any sport. I don't think that that's worth it. So I wouldn't take that. Um, But what you could do here, as I mentioned on the Kansas City one, is – if you want to play Houston unders, you could take uh, Dallas minus six and a half in this game or minus nine and a half. And so you could do the same thing with Kansas City ne- next week. I think that gets the odds to where it's more interesting and makes this bet more playable. Houston is one that I'm likely to stay off of, though I'm going to consider playing it in that alternate way. I'm not going to play Dallas money line this week, but I may consider starting this out with Dallas minus six and a half or something like that, and then kind of taking it from there and seeing where it goes. But I'm less enthused about that one than than I am about Kansas City. Next up, and this is where it gets even a little bit more volatile, but we'll talk through it here. This is the Denver Broncos. So their futures line right now, as I talked about at the beginning, is under four and a half at plus 140. Now, the difference here from Kansas City and Houston is that they could actually win one more game and still stay under that total. So we're not talking about a straight up parlay of all the rest of their games. What we're talking about is figuring out which game might they win or which couple games and what does it look like to maybe remove those from the equation. Now, I will say first, the Broncos have been terrible. And what I with what I have the line set at here, if you did parlay them a game at a time to lose out the rest of the way, I have that paying plus 703. Now, that's an additional game. That's under three and a half. But that's obviously a significantly better line. And again, if you're on the podcast, I have them minus 375 at Kansas City minus 180 at Arizona sorry so this is them to lose so I have Kansas City minus 375 Arizona minus 180 when they go to the Rams I have that close to a pick I would have the Rams at plus 100 so I think Denver's favored in that game I'm just not sure by how much and then Kansas City minus 420 and then the Chargers minus 155 in week 18 which again we'll see where both where the Chargers are especially at that point Okay, so you could do that, and you can get a good line on that, and I think it's actually worth considering that Rams game is the one that is where they're going to either be favored or it's going to be close. I think they're probably favored in that game. So let's run this. What if we leave out the Rams game? So in other words, we're going to take the game that they're most likely to win because they can win one more, and we're just going to leave that off and not worry about it. So we just keep Kansas City, Arizona at Kansas City and the Chargers. If you run that with the numbers I have, you end up with a line of plus 301. Again, they're under four and a half is plus 140. So you can get them to win any one game and lose the rest at plus 140, or you can take them to potentially win the game they're most likely to win, which is the Rams, lose the rest at plus 301. This certainly introduces another risk factor, and you have to take that into account whether you think it's worth it. This is another one that I'm likely to play. The Broncos are just so bad and have proven that they cannot score. And so against a team that can score all, which I think Kansas City, Arizona, and the Chargers all can score some, I don't. it's hard for me to imagine the Broncos getting it done in any of those games. And a plus 301, I don't mind that. So that's one that I am interested in and likely to jump on starting in this next week. All right, now let's move on to Tennessee. So Tennessee over 10 and a half is plus 210. So they are expected to go under 10 and a half and you could flip this and go the other way. Um they have Jacksonville at the Chargers, Houston, Dallas and then at Jacksonville. If they sweep, <laughs> the odds of that are plus 1111. It's got to mean something. It's all ones. I definitely do not like that. I think Tennessee is stumbling a bit here. And honestly, I think Tennessee more is just the team we thought they were, which is an, a decent average NFL team. So I do not like them to sweep this schedule. However, um, just for comparison's sake to the to what's in the market for the over, at over 10.5, they have to go 4-1 and one the rest of the way. The game that they're most likely to lose is Dallas. And so that would leave you with Jacksonville at the Chargers, Houston, and at Jacksonville. With what I made the lines there, minus 190, minus 140, minus 525, and minus 180, that would give you a line of plus 385. And the the line on this futures bet is plus 210. So again, you're almost doubling the line. I know that doesn't double the implied probability, but you're almost doubling the line if you decide to take it that way. Now, I don't necessarily actually like them even to win four on a five. So while I think there's value on playing this in this way, it's not a bet that I would be interested in the futures market or playing this way. But what I am a little bit interested in is what if you just play their most likely wins, which to me is Jacksonville at home. That's this week, and we know the line, minus 190. And then Houston, which I have at minus 525. So you're going to have to see what that line ends up being. But I think especially if Tennessee loses in week 15 to the Chargers, that line against Houston might not be all the way out of control like it is against Dallas. If you just parlay that 190, and the 525 together, you get minus 122. And that is a bet that I don't think is as bad as Tennessee to win those two games at minus 122. It's actually not my bet I'm most likely to make, but I think that that is a way that you could play the Titans if you wanted to that makes sense to me. On to those Chargers that we just talked about. The Chargers over 8.5 is minus 160. To get over eight and a half, they would have to win three of five. They have Miami at home this week, where they are plus 155. Then they play Tennessee at home. I have it at plus 130. At Indianapolis, minus 175. The Rams at home, minus 270. That might get a little wider. We'll see. And then at Denver, minus 120. Maybe that's minus 150. But I don't think that gets too out of control. So again, just as we've been talking through this, for them to sweep is plus 18.17. I don't think they're going to sweep, so that is not a bet that I would make. But again, to compare to the futures market, the, the Chargers need to win three games. Well, which games are they likely to win? I think in this case, it's pretty obvious which games they're most likely to win. It's at Indianapolis, the Rams at home, and at Denver. You could throw Tennessee at home in there. I think that's the other one that's a possibility. And if you wanted to play this with Tennessee included, you could certainly do that. But just those three that I mentioned, if you parlay those together a game at a time, you get a line of plus 295. So what you're left with is you can take the Chargers to win any three games at minus 160 or you can take them to win the three games they're far and away most likely to win at plus 295. This is a massive difference in line. Obviously, if it was like minus 160 to win any three games and minus 130 to win these specific three, hell no. You wouldn't do that. That would be ridiculous. But when the line is that different, and it's clear which games they have the best chance to win i i'm you can tell i'm leaning toward just playing them against those three teams and i would consider getting in when tennessee comes to town but i've not decided about that that obviously would increase the odds even further next one is the philadelphia eagles I need the Eagles to do some work for lots of my futures bets, but let's talk about them in this scenario. So the Eagles have five games left in the futures market. Their over win total is over 14 and a half, which means they need to go four and one the rest of the way. Man, I wonder which game people think they might lose. They're at the Giants where they're favored by seven. Can't be that one. At Chicago, probably not. Oh, at Dallas, Christmas Eve, there's the game that people expect them to lose. I don't think they're necessarily going to lose, but that's the one that is... I mean, if you look at this futures market and say they have to go 4-1 and the rest of the way, yes, obviously there's an outside chance they lose to a divisional opponent in the Giants or that New Orleans sneaks up on them or something, but what's the game they're going to lose? It's at Dallas if they're going to lose one. And so, plus 115 for them to win any four games... For them to win all four except for Dallas is plus 193. So the difference isn't as massive as some of these other ones, but plus 115 versus plus 193, I think the value is really clear on this one. Because the chances of them winning four out of the last, now again, they might only win three, but then that futures bet of over 14 and a half loses anyway. We're just talking about the value in relation to what it is to bet the futures market versus parlaying these games individually. So if they win four games, I think the chances are astronomically high that the one they lost is to Dallas. So to get plus 193 instead of plus 115, I like it. If you think Philly's going to sweep the rest of the way, which I absolutely think they can do, that is plus 516 as well, given the numbers that I have here. And again, let me run through these numbers real quick. Just if you're listening to the podcast, I want you to be able to say that I'm out of my freaking mind with some of these lines in case you think I am. But at the Giants, minus 294. That's a real line for this week. At Chicago, I made minus 425. I think that could even be a little bit narrower depending on how Chicago is this week at Dallas I put them at plus one ten New Orleans minus two ninety and the Giants at home minus three fifteen so again if if you want to move any of those lines ten or fifteen cents, it's just not gonna create too much difference on the overall parlay if you want to move them a hundred points or more well now we're getting into something different and if that's what you think, please do comment dm me whatever um be happy to To look into that or have a conversation about it. So I like this Philly parlay of those four very winnable games that they have left on their schedule at plus 193. We've got four teams left. Next up is the Cincinnati Bengals. Cincinnati's futures win total is over 10.5 at minus 145. This gets even trickier now because what that requires is the Bengals to go three and two. Well, when you only have to pick out, say, one loss like we just did with Philadelphia, obviously there's margin for error there, but it was relatively straightforward that it should be Dallas if they lose a game. Well, now we're amping it up to two, and we have a few more toss-up games here, so I think this one gets a little bit more complicated, which affects the way that I might be playing this. So they have Cleveland at home, which is a team that they have struggled mightily against. Skill for skill, they should win this game. That's minus 250. Then they're at Tampa Bay, who I think sucks, but everybody, I mean, Tampa Bay keeps being respected, so I have minus 140 for the Bengals in that game. At New England, I, ha- I put it at minus 225. Buffalo at home, plus 110. Baltimore at home, minus 120. A lot of these games are are tougher. Cincinnati has a tough schedule, and they're a very good team, so I think they can win all five. But, man, the, I don't know if they're – the only game I don't see them losing is Tampa Bay. I mean, like, no chance of them losing. Nah, not no chance. You get what I mean. Uh, really unlikely. But if you did think that they were going to run the table and make a run at that number one seat in the AFC, you would get plus 1235 with the numbers that I have right now. I don't even at plus 1235. I don't like that bet. I probably wouldn't take it. So let's move down a level here and say in the three games where they're likely to be favored the most. So right now I'm taking out any kind of breakdown of these games and just saying based on the market, which ones are they likely to be favored by the most? Well, that's Cleveland this week. It's at Tampa Bay and it's at New England. If you just parlay those three, the odds are plus 247 based on what I have here. So again, this one's a little trickier and you definitely need to weigh in the risk factors more. But them to win any three games is minus 145. Them to win the three games they're most likely to win, according to the market, is plus 247. That's a massive difference. The other thing that I'll say here is I'm kind of interested in potentially parlaying just two games rather than three. So the way this would look is I would bet them against Cleveland on the money line this week. Yeah, I think I'd go money line just because of what a hard time they've had with Cleveland. That's minus 250. So let's say I put a unit on that. Then I would split my investment and the winnings in half and put half of it on them against Tampa Bay. Cleveland and Tampa Bay together is plus 140. I'd take the other half and put it on them against New England. Those two together is plus 102. So as long as I can get two of those three games, I'm assured of at least a minute bit of profit. If I get all three again, then I'm making more money. So this one's a little more complicated, and you'd have to think how through how you'd want to play it. But what I'm thinking right now is I take them on the money line this week against Cleveland, hope that they do not continue losing, and then split that money between the game with Tampa Bay and the one with New England and try to work out some profit in that way. Three teams to go. Next up is the Jets, who have a plus 4,000 ticket on to win the AFC Championship, and I I still don't feel terrible about it at that line. Jets have five games left. They are at Buffalo, where they are plus 360. They'll have Detroit at home. I made them minus 110 there, though if Detroit can truck the Vikings this week. Maybe that line's even different. Jacksonville at home, minus 180 at Seattle, plus 100 at Miami, plus 180 is where I set those lines. The Jets win total right now, they're over nine and a half as plus 140. That means that they have to get three more wins out of this group. So first of all, I like the Jets <laughs> and I I'm considering playing not a full unit, but maybe a quarter unit or something like that starting this week on the money line at Buffalo. I think that is a winnable game for them. I don't mean that I think I think the Bills are better and likely to win, but I could see this line in for me being shorter than plus 360. So I may actually start a parlay on the Jets this week, but with a smaller investment up front. Um, What I may even do is take, if I want to invest one unit on the Jets, I might take a quarter unit this week, and then if they win, I'll roll it all in for next week. But if they don't win, I still have three quarters of a unit to invest in the parlay I'm going to talk about below. So the line on them to sweep the rest of the season, which I do think is unlikely but on the table, is seventy-five fifty plus 7550. that's a that's big. that's a lot. Um, and I don't mind a small stab on that to be honest. All right, but let's drop down then. they need three wins. so their three most likely wins. again, I, I think this is reality and it will also be the way the lines are are Detroit and Jacksonville at home, which again are no gimmies, but I think they're built to beat teams like Detroit because of their defense. And then Jacksonville, I definitely think they can win. And then at Seattle, again, I think they are built to beat teams like Seattle. I think that's the best matchups for the Jets are teams like Detroit, Seattle, Minnesota, even Miami, who they have in their last week. If you just parlay those three most likely wins, what you end up with is a line of plus 494. So again, here's the decision you're left with. The Jets to win any three games at plus 140 or the Jets to win these three specific games that they're most likely to win at plus 494. Man, I'm interested in that plus 494. Uh, Again, I I just think Detroit and Seattle are two teams that they're built to beat and they're not as good as Miami. Uh, And then Jacksonville, I really think they should be able to come away with that win. And one more time, what we're talking about here is let's say they lose three out of five or four out of five or all five, well, you're over nine and a half lost anyway. All we're comparing is the number of games it would take to get to what a win would be in the futures market. Hopefully that's making sense. All right, the last two are potentially most controversial, especially the last one. But next up, we're going to talk about Washington, who are on a buy this week. So they only have four games left. And what I'm actually looking at at Washington is the under. They're under 8.5 is plus 115 right now, which means they would have to go 1-3 and the rest of the way. They have the Giants at home, where I have the Giants winning at plus 110. I think Washington will be favored in that game again. They're at San Francisco. I think San Francisco will be in the neighborhood of minus 260, Cleveland at home I have Cleveland at minus 110 and then Dallas at home I have Dallas minus 320 to wrap up the season against the commanders now they can win one game here and an under bet still hits but if you like them to sweep uh reverse sweep (laughs) lose the rest of the way out which I think is for sure on the table I think Washington's okay but they're not great those odds would be plus 606 that's not steep enough for me to take it because the J- Giants and Cleveland, you know, maybe. So here's the way that I'm sort of interested in playing this one. The games that they are certainly most likely to lose. Again, we have to pay attention because if Dallas is locked into a certain seat and they rest people, this could change. But it would be at San Francisco in week 16, minus 260, and then Dallas at home minus 320 in the last week of the season. If you just parlay those two games together, you get a line of minus about minus one twenty one. So you can take them at plus one fifteen to lose three out of four or you could get them at minus one twenty one just to lose to San Francisco and Dallas. I like that much better. I mean, those are two games that I absolutely think that they should lose. And the Giants and Cleveland are more toss ups. I wouldn't hate a poke on them to lose out, but it's not something that I'm super interested in just because I think the Giants and Cleveland are also pretty bad, and those games are likely to be close, so I'll probably stay away from that one. All right, last, my Minnesota Vikings. There's been a lot of hate for the Vikings on Twitter recently, and that's fine. Uh, I want to be clear about something here. I said I wasn't going to do this rant again, but... I'm going to give the mini version just because I want to, you know, hit that jump forward a minute if you don't want to hear this. The Vikings, I understand metrically, they are not a 10-2 and team. The Vikings are not one of the top five teams in the NFL. I don't think that. I, I certainly don't think that. In fact, I talked on the Wager Rager podcast about how this week against Detroit, I think they're just two similar teams whose most likely outcome is to play a close game. I do think Minnesota's a slightly better version of Detroit still right now when you take everything into account. But they're similar. I get it. I'm not offended by the fact that the Vikings are not favored against the Lions in Detroit this week. I don't think it's insane. I mean, I've seen... A guy I respect a lot, Jeffrey Benson uh, uh, from Circa. Apparently, he's had a lot of people coming at him because Minnesota's record is better, so they should be favored. No, man, I I totally respect the market, and I understand why it is where it is. But here's what I don't get is just because Minnesota's played in a lot of close games, people want to act like if a game is close, then it's 50-50. Now, if a game is close, it's a lot closer to 50-50 than if it's not close. And Minnesota has absolutely gotten more lucky than not in at least three games this year. All of this is true, but they're also winning close games. And I think there is something to be said for that. It is part luck, but it is also certain teams do it and other teams don't. And can there be regression? Absolutely. I'm not saying that's off the table. But what I am saying is, if anything, I think the Vikings are undervalued at this point Um in, in terms of how they're being talked about. I'm not necessarily talking about the market. So with all that said, what I've put together here is the hater parlay. If you're so convinced that Minnesota is like a bottom, you know, bottom seven, bottom 10 team in the NFL, then certainly there's got to be massive regression coming, right? So they're probably going to lose out because that's what they deserve. Well, if you want to take them to lose out the rest of the season at Detroit, Indy at home, Giants at home, at Green Bay, at Chicago. The odds of that would be plus fifty-two seventy-four. That's juicy. So if you think regression is coming for the Vikings, now's the time to jump on board, parlay up these games for them to lose all of them and get a great line. Personally, I think it's much more likely that they would win all five than lose all five. Didn't say I expect it. Just said if you made me pick one or the other, I would pick the winning side. All right, hopefully I didn't get too defensive over over my Vikings there. I try to stay realistic about what they are or what they are not. Well, that was a little bit different kind of a video. Some people have probably dropped off at this point, but if you stuck with me, hopefully this kind of stuff is interesting to you. I do want to make an offer to you as well. I'm going to be putting together a spreadsheet where I can track these specific types of plays through the last five weeks of the season i'll lay out sort of what i'm planning to do but also i will likely be adjusting a little bit on a week-to-week basis depending on what's happening i'm going to look at my profit across these bets as a whole as well as individually so if i if i'm betting on say four or five of these plays which is what i'm likely to do um if i still feel good about all of them then i'll keep rolling the profit over like I laid out here but if not I may reallocate some of the profit in one direction or another to try to maximize it across those five different plays rather than just keeping everyone separate. So that is certainly more complicated but if you're interested in that I'd be happy to share those plays with you and kind of update you on that. I may do a short video again next week kind of updating that but it will be less than it's been on futures before. The last thing before I go is I want to give you two actual futures lines that I still think are pretty good. I bet one of these and the other one I may bet yet. Be very clear about which is which. The one that I bet, Offensive Rookie of the Year, plus 360 on FanDuel. This is plus 225 on DraftKings, so a big difference. I actually saw after I bet this that on points bet it is plus 370 or 375, so you can actually get an even better line than what I got. Christian Watson is on a tear right now. And I think the way that these awards work a lot of times is who's hot at the end and are their teams a little bit hot. So if the Packers can get right a little bit, which I'm not confident of because I don't think they're good this year, but if Watson stays hot and if Walker is hurt and doesn't, can't play as much for Seattle, I really like him or Garrett Wilson to get to the front of the pack here. And if I have to pick one of the two, I'm going to take Christian Watson because he's even more necessary to their offense than Wilson is to the Jets, though he's a huge benefit. The other one, which I have not bet yet, but I will throw out there, is Nick Bosa for Defensive Player of the Year at plus 250. Um, Yanni shared, I think Yanni shared it on Twitter, um, or he replied to it, but there was a uh, a tweet out there about the numbers for Micah Parsons versus Nick Bosa this year, and Bosa's numbers are better. Now he he missed some games, and um, we'll see what happens with the Niners here. But I think if the Niners can continue winning games with Garoppolo out now, and it rests on the defense, and Bosa is leading that defense, I absolutely think he could jump Parsons to win that award. So at plus two fifty. That is a bet that I don't mind, and I have not made it yet, but will be considering making it. All right, that's it. Hope you have a great day. I will talk to you soon.